The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. Thanks, Paul. Great to be together for the start of uh, 2023. I, I sensed it in what Paul was saying, and I feel the same. It's, uh, it's great what God is doing with us in Bexhill, with you in Hastings, but it's also good when we get together as family, isn't it? And uh, I don't know, I've been doing quite a bit of that over the last few days, and um, oh, well, yeah, it's been nice, but you know, <laughs> you come to the end, and uh, you're nice sometimes to get back to routine, but great to have the family with us, and I hope you too have had a good Christmas, and uh, looking forward to 2023 and all it's going to bring. I feel myself full of expectancy for all that God is going to do with us in this whole new year. I'm excited about that. It's great that we're all ages together uh, today and um, as we're coming in that sort of way, I just thought it'd be good just to look at one of the accounts of one of the Old Testament characters, something that I hope that we can kind of all learn from. But I think it's also important for you adults as well. You know, I don't think sometimes we we look enough at some of the old Bible stories that really show us, uh, you know, men of God who stood boldly in their times. And I think we can learn from them. And I hope that we're going to do that today. The person we're going to look at today is Elijah. And uh, in James chapter 5, it tells us that Elijah was a man just like us. You know, he had those kind of frailties. And as we look at Elijah's life, we'll see something of the reality of his walk with God. He did some really great things. He did some extraordinary miracles. He was incredibly brave in the face of opposition. And yet he was someone who had times of real loneliness, real doubt, real wanting to give up. And uh, just that kind of contrast, the reality of his life is, I think, a real help to us as we think of a man like us. I don't know who looks like this, but anyway, it's a man like us. We read about him in 1 Kings and from chapter 16 through to the second chapter of 2 Kings. He comes on to the scene in Israel when Ahab was king of Israel. And the story of the people of Israel in the Old Testament is really quite an up and down story. You know, they have bad leaders, they fall away from God, God sort of pulls them up and they come back to God and they do okay for a bit and then they often will fall away again. But we read in 1 Kings 16.30 that Ahab, the chap who was king at this time, he did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He was a bad guy. And he married a horrible woman, a woman called Jezebel. She was evil too. And instead of worshipping God, Ahab and Jezebel led the people into worshipping Baal. Not really a god at all, just a, a false god. But the whole people of Israel turned to worship Baal. And of course, God had always as he does today, wanted a relationship with his people. He wanted a relationship throughout the Old Testament. And so he despaired. He was cross about this breaking away from him. And so he sent Elijah to speak to King Ahab to try to get him to change to worshipping the true God again. 
Elijah told King Ahab, he said, because you have led the people in worshipping Baal, there's going to be no rain coming on this land. And it's not going to rain until I say so. Pretty bold, eh? This King Ahab, he's a big king, you know, a powerful man. And yet Elijah comes to him, no, it's not going to rain until I say so. He was in a a dangerous position and so he went from there out into the desert and there was a stream that God had put where he could drink from, sent the ravens to to give him food, trying to keep Elijah safe in this very hostile environment. But then after a while, because there was a drought, the brook dried up and so God sent Elijah onto this woman from Zarephath, one of Sam's favourites, Sam, keep awake, um, where he arranged for her to feed him uh, with oil and with flour uh, so they could make bread, so they could survive. And it says it never ran out through the whole time. During this time, there was kind of a few little kind of incidents. Well, incidents, the woman's son actually died. Goodness, more than an incident, isn't it? And, uh, but because Elijah was there, you know, she, she had a bit of a go at Elijah. But then actually, Elijah prayed for this guy and he came back to life. This carried on for something like about three years. And uh, poor old King Ahab, he got more and more cross. Things were really bad in the land, crops were dying, our animals were, were kind of dying too. The whole thing was just falling apart. And as I say, Ahab was just more and more cross. I've got a picture of him in cross somewhere, Dan, I think. Okay, ah, here we are, across Ahab. And uh, so he sort of sent men throughout the land looking for Elijah, trying to find him. But actually they, they couldn't find him. Elijah was, uh, was kept from them for that whole period. Then after about three years had happened, you can imagine, they had no rain in this arid country for three years. Things are really bad. And then God told Elijah to go and speak to the king. Elijah explained the reason the drought was come was because of their evil ways, the way they turned from God and were worshipping Baal. He confronted Ahab, telling him that he'd got to choose between the true God and Baal. He couldn't carry on as he was doing. How long will you waver between two opinions? Elijah challenged them in 1 Kings 18, 21. If the Lord is good, God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And I guess inspired by God, Elijah presents a challenge to them to work out who is the true God. 1 Kings 18 says, Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I'll prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Pretty good test, eh? Pretty good test. Two balls, two altars. Let's see who's God now. And the people agreed. They said, yeah, that's a pretty good plan. So they set the two altars up, he asked. I suspect they probably set them a little bit further apart than that. But anyway, you get the idea. There were two altars set up. And Elijah told the prophets of Baal, 
You can have the first go. You go first. 1 Kings 18 describes it. Then these prophets, they called on the name of Baal from morning till the middle of the day. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they'd made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is God. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or travelling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. Can't really read it, believe this is in the Bible, isn't it? But this is absolutely in the Bible. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Now it was Elijah's turn. He got the altar all set up with the bull on it. So they'd be absolutely sure there was no cheating going on. He took four large jars of water and poured them all over the altar, all over the oxen, all over the whole thing. In fact, he did it three times and there was a kind of trench around the altar and that filled up with water. The whole thing was soaking. There was going to be no cheating here. And then when it came to the time, Elijah prayed a simple prayer. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know you are Lord and that you are turning their hearts back again. Whoop! The fire came down, it burned up everything, the wood, the sacrifice, even the stones of the altar and the water in the trench all went as a result of Elijah's prayer. It's a pretty good demonstration, isn't it, of God's power, God's reality. Clearly displayed. And the prophets of Baal, they accepted in the sense that they were clearly defeated, the God of Israel was shown to be the true God. And the term, people turned back to God, declaring the Lord, he is God. Now Elijah knew that the rain that he had stopped coming would now come to the land again. So he started to pray and he told the king, yes, the rain will come now and I'm going to pray. And so Elijah goes and uh, starts praying. And as he's praying, he sort of sends his servant out. Just go and, go and see. See if you can see the rain coming yet. And uh, the servant, he, he runs out and, no, sorry, can't see any rain. I wonder what Elijah's praying. I wonder what you'd be praying at this sort of point. God, please come through for me. I've put myself out there for you. Seven times uh, he sent the servant out looking to see if there was any sign of the rain. And finally, on the seventh time, it says he saw a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. That was the sign. That was what Elijah was looking for. He knew his prayers had been answered. Quick, he said to everyone, 
Take cover, get inside, get home before the storm comes. Amazing miracle, amazing turnaround for that country at the word of Elijah. Elijah, a man just like us, a man just like you, a man just like me. But this wasn't the end for Elijah when Ahab got home to his wife Jezebel and told her what had happened. You can imagine she was mad as anything. She sent her servants to kill Elijah. I'm going to get him tonight, she said. Elijah was kind of sensibly frightened and uh, ran off into the desert to hide. It was a bit of a low point for him really now, feeling very much on his own, sitting under a tree, feeling pretty miserable, pretty depressed. I'm the only one of the prophet of the left of the people who worship the true God, he said. Now they're trying to kill me too. But God had mercy on him, even in that place. And uh, he sent his angels along and they kind of encouraged him, fed him a bit, got his strength up, fed him some more. And then he went from there and actually had an amazing encounter from God. And God reminded him, now actually, you're not alone. There are 7,000 people in the kingdom who still haven't followed God. And he restored Elisha. In fact, Elijah, we read a few chapters later, he's back in his, uh, his prophetic role, speaking again to Ahab, telling him off when he'd pinched a guy's vineyard by, well, by having him killed. Um, and actually, Elijah's there again, speaking into the situation. And he restored Elijah, gave him his successor, who is going to be Elisha. And then at the end of his life for Elijah, it says, he actually didn't die. He was taken up into heaven, one of the very few people in the Bible that we hear that for. God restored Elijah, even from that very low point. It's an amazing account, isn't it, of this man, Elijah. Firstly, I think when I look at him, I think of his courage to declare the truths of God to Ahab, this very hostile king in a culture that was very hostile to the word of God. Times were dark then. People had turned away from God and were worshipping other things, other God. Took huge courage to confront Ahab and the people, to tell them that God was not going to allow the rain to fall anymore. And we live in times that are hostile to faith sometimes, don't we? been up in uh, Scotland with my daughter this Christmas. I was just hearing how their church is trying to buy a church building up there. And actually, they've had huge hostility come against them because of the biblical stance they're taking. This is not an easy time for us to stand for Jesus in the culture in which we stand. We're going to need courage too, like Elijah, to stand firm for Jesus. His was an exceptional prophetic calling. We're not all going to be called to speak to the nation. But even so, I believe that all of us can know God's voice speaking to us in the various situations he's put us, leading us, telling us what to say, showing us the way forward. It's interesting, too, these highs and lows in Elijah's life. At his lowest point, the Bible tells us, he just said, oh, I just want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. I guess we'd say he was probably depressed, 
certainly he was at the end of the line, ran out of his own energy and abilities. And what do we read? We read in that dark moment when he just wanted to give up, God came to him. God sent that angel to feed and refresh him. And God actually appeared to him. There was a wind and there was an earthquake. And then there was that small whisper when God appeared to Elijah in his lowest point. God came to him. And I don't know, it just strikes me. So many of us are sometimes up and down. Things get on top of us, don't they? But actually, God never gives up on us. Even when sometimes we might give up on ourselves, actually God never gives up on us. He's always there, ready to speak to us, ready to lead us, ready to use us again. And as Elijah, as I've said, was actually restored to his prophetic role. I love it too that we see the supernatural in Elijah's life. He was listening to God, he was speaking. And then we see God act supernaturally, providing for him, God leading him from danger, God answering his prayers with that fire that came down. I touch quickly on the widow's son who Elijah just sort of heals along the way, really. And I guess for me, I'd say for us too, my third point in a way is really let's be expectant for the supernatural in our lives. Let's be quick to recognise too God's supernatural work in our lives. I think sometimes it doesn't necessarily come with bells and whistles, but actually God's provision, God's protection in the everyday circumstances of life, we can recognise his hand in that. Let's too be ready to step out and to pray when God calls us. And finally, there was the breakthrough at the end. God clearly knew, uh, Elijah clearly knew God leading him. He knew God had spoken and he acted on it. And I guess one of my questions for you for 2023, a whole new year, what is God saying to you? There was a drought, but actually God, Elijah knew it was going to rain. That situation in your life that seems so difficult, that you've prayed for for so long. It's God giving you fresh faith, fresh faith to look for the signs of him moving. That unsafe partner, that child that's away from God, that situation that seems impossible. That neighbour, that work colleague who's so resistant to the gospel. Listen to God's voice and let it build faith in your heart to look for that small cloud, that small sign of God starting to work. So those are just my four points, really. Let's go into 2023. Let's be courageous with our faith, courageous in the situations God's put us in. When we feel low, when we feel like giving up, Keep asking God to strengthen you. Have faith that even in those low points, God hasn't finished with you. He's got plans. He's got purposes. He will restore. He will use you again. Let's live conscious of the supernatural in our lives. Let's be expectant for the miraculous. 
Let's look for God's moving in that way, protecting us, providing, guiding us, breaking in supernaturally. And that situation that's been difficult for so long, keep praying, keep believing, keep looking for that first small sign, that small cloud. No, God is working. He's coming through for me. Allow it to build your faith. What do you want me to do? Yeah, I was going to do that. <laughs> yeah, let, let's just uh, pray together. Father, I just want to thank you for Elijah. Thank you, Lord, for a man just like us. And Lord, sometimes we, we don't feel like Elijah, Lord. Lord, we don't feel very brave. We don't feel very courageous. We may be at that low point. But Lord, I just pray, even today, as we remember what we've heard, as we think about just this account, Lord God, of your moving so powerfully in the life of a man just like us. I pray it'll cause faith to rise, Lord. I pray it'll cause courage to rise, that we will be bold in those situations that you've put us, Lord God. Lord, that we will be expectant for the supernatural, for breakthrough in our lives, Lord God. And Lord, that we will know you leading us, your voice clear to us, speaking to us in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen.